0: Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome back to Principles with Corey and Logan, and uh, excited about what we're going to talk about today, and today I hope to truly add value to you. This is just a solo episode where I want to share something that's been, been on my mind, and the topic of what we're talking about today is having something to stand for. D.L. Moody, he says, do all the good you can to all the people you can in all the ways you can, hey, as long as As you can. And I truly want to add value to you. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. I know that anytime you do anything, you are literally trading your life for that activity in that moment. And by taking the time to listen, you're you you right now are trading your life to take a listen. And my goal is to make this a worthy trade of your time. So uh, one of the things I was thinking about are are core values and understanding what your non-negotiables are, what you stand for. See, we want our lives to stand for something. We want to be known by what we are for, not what we are against. And I heard this story about Mother Teresa and someone said to her, hey, we're organizing a march against the war. Will you come and march with us against this war, will you join us? And we, as we march against this horrible war, she responded quickly and promptly. I will not. And they they were actually shocked at her response and somewhat irritated and said, "Well, why not? Don't you want to see peace?" And she said, "Well, yes, I absolutely want to see peace. So if you'll organize a march for peace, then I will join you. But I will not march against." Anything. That's interesting, right? It's an interesting thing when we stand for something. When we don't stand for something, we'll fall for anything. It's why many businesses have core values. They're they're guiding principles. It's what they stand for as a team. But my question to you today is, what are your core values? Do, Do you know what your core values are for you and for your family? And, and as I was thinking about this, I love leadership. I believe there are some people who are born naturally uh, with natural leadership, gifts, talents, and abilities. But I also believe that we all can learn how to lead and we can learn to lead better. So we start with today, the heart of a leader. True leadership is the ability to influence. It's the ability to influence individuals to where they willfully follow our lead. And, and that's what leadership is. It's influence. That's why I'm, Many times when we talk about a leadership in our, our leadership trainings, when I go into companies, uh, we discuss that leadership is not so much about titles and positions, but it's about influence. See, real leadership cannot be awarded. It can't be appointed, assigned, and it cannot be bought. It can only come from influence, and that has to be earned. And I, I know somebody on here, they may be listening, is like, man, I, Corey, I, you know, look, I don't need anyone, and I honestly don't care to lead. So, why is this even important? And I'll tell you why it's important. It's important because you may not care about a title or position, but you definitely should care about your ability to influence. See, if I don't have influence with my teammates, then very likely they will not help me unless it's a requirement. If I don't have influence, With them, the chances of them going out of their way to help me, hey, y'all, it's very slim, right? It's the same way in the marketplace. We typically do business with people we know, we like, and we trust for the most part. When I lead my family, I can choose to lead my family with an iron fist to where they are forced to do what I say. Or I can lead them from a place of influence to where they choose to follow my lead. So influence is really important. So just think for a moment. Who are the people that you have influence with? Think about in the community. Think about in your home. Think about in the marketplace. Think think about on your team. Who do you have influence with? And then what measure of influence do you have with those people? Most people, they actually do think of title and position when they think of leadership. But here, here's the deal. All the title and a position will do is to buy you some time, some time to gain influence or to undermine our influence in the lives of those we come in contact with. So when we think about that, what is the beginning point? What's the starting point of being able to influence others to where they consciously choose to make the decision to follow our lead, to where they really buy in, to where we're trying to go? It begins with leading the most difficult person there is to lead. The hardest person you will ever lead is you. The hardest person I will ever lead is me. See, I could come on here and I could shoot all over you. You should do this and you should do that and you should do this. But it's it's a different thing for me to actually apply what we're talking about. It's me. The hardest person I'll ever lead is me. True leadership always begins with leading the inner self. And and the kind of self-leadership that we're talking about, it doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't happen in a day, but it does happen daily. And the question for us at the root is, what's our character like? See, skills can get us an invitation to the leadership table, but it's character that keeps us there. I heard this uh, story about Gandhi and... Uh, There was this long line of people trying to get to him just so they could speak with him. And there's this lady in the line and she had her young son with her. And they waited patiently in this long line of people, waited for hours until they finally got to see Gandhi. The mom grabbed the son by the arm and pulled him up and said, Gandhi, you tell my son right here, you tell him right now that he has to stop eating so much chocolate. He's too much chocolate. And I've already told him. I've told him time and time again, but he doesn't listen to me. I've told him that chocolate is bad for your health. Tell him, Mr. Gandhi, back me up on this. Gandhi looked down at the young boy and then glanced back up at the mom and said, "Um, come back in three weeks. Well, as you can imagine, the mom was super discouraged. She was disappointed, but she decided to do what he said. So three weeks later, they return. And, you know, when they return, there's another long line of people. So they patiently wait their hours to meet him. When they finally get to see Gandhi, the mom does the same thing. She grabs the little boy by the arms and pulls him up and says, Gandhi, please tell my son, tell this son of mine that he's got to stop eating chocolate. It's bad for his health and he's eating too much of it. Tell him to stop. Gandhi looked at the mom and then uh, he got up from his seat. He knelt down onto one knee to look the boy right in the eyes and said, Stop eating chocolate, young man. It's not good for your health. Gandhi stood up and returned to his seat, and <laughs> the boy's mom was stunned. She's like, why in the world did you have us wait in this line twice? we come back three weeks later when three weeks ago, you could have said that three weeks ago. Gandhi replied, he said, three weeks ago, I was still eating chocolate, and I couldn't ask him to do something that I was unwilling to do. See, your character is at the heart of your leadership and your influence. Leadership always develops from the inside out. If you become the leader that you want to be in your organization, in your home, in your community, then we've got to start on the inside first. It, when we start on the inside, it automatically ends to the outside afterwards. Becoming a leader worth following starts on the inside, and it's a daily choice. I've got to choose daily. You've got to choose daily to be intentional about your own growth and development. But it's also about making the choice up front of what your core values are, what your non-negotiables are, what your non-starters are. You see, it's making the choice now and beforehand what you are and what you are not willing to do. There's a famous John Wooden quote. He says that when opportunity comes, it is too late to prepare. Well, I believe it's the same thing when our, with our character. When crisis or circumstances of life comes, it is too late to decide what our non-negotiables are because here's the deal things going to happen right junk's going to happen eventually a life is going to happen and at some point the yogurt hey it's going to hit the fan and it's going to hit the ceiling in that moment you got a choice to make i've got two choices do i do i choose character or compromise in that moment Your true character will be revealed. See, anybody can say they have integrity, but action is the real indicator of character. Your character determines who you are. Who you are determines what you see. What you see determines what you do. That's why you can never separate a leader's character from his actions. So in that moment, will you choose character or will you choose compromise? Will you choose to dig out or to cop out, to bend the truth or to stand under the weight of it? to take the easy money or to pay the price. Now, you may have heard this old leadership proverb. If 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 you think you're leading and you turn around to look and you see no one is following you, then you aren't really leading. You're simply going for a walk. People do not willfully follow leaders with character issues. Do not allow your time with a title or a position to undermine your influence because of character issues. Issues. Choose now what you're unwilling to waver on. Consider what your top values are, the values that you will commit to. Now is the time to decide what they are, not when the circumstances arrive. And one of the things I do I, when I do one on one coaching, one of the things we talk about is we go through this process of discovering what your top five values are. And I'm going to just get real practical with you guys for a moment. Uh, And here's how you can do this. You can go online. You can find a list of, you know, uh, 30 to 50 values, and you can go through this as well. Or if you want to email me, I can send you out my list that I use. Uh, uh, You can email me, Corey, C-O-R-Y, at CoreyLeeLeadership.com, and I'll send you the values I list. But what you do is you go through this list of values, and you look at them. And as you look at these values, you go through and you put an X over any value that just doesn't really resonate with you. Something that just is like, yeah, you know, that really doesn't speak to me. So you put an X on it. And then you go back through these values and you're looking for the ones that really kind of stand out to you, the ones that speak to you. And you put a circle around as many as you want to that kind of stand out to you. Then your next step is of those ones that you've circled, you're gonna narrow that down to five and put an asterisk by your top 5. And when you do this, understanding when you when you understand what you what your core values are, it helps you to be a better decision maker because you can come across an opportunity or or a challenge and you can say, "Hey, does this opportunity, is this the right opportunity?" and you can match it up with your values and you can say, "Is it a match or is it not a match? Does this align with my core values?" It makes decision making a whole lot easier. And here's the thing, that I've learned as well. Decision-making is one of the greatest skills a leader has in your tool belt. Decision-making. Leaders have a habit around decision-making. They make their decisions quickly and they change their minds slowly. Unsuccessful leaders, they make their decisions slowly and then they change their minds quickly. When I say they make their decisions slowly, it's not necessarily the time frame. But what they're doing is they're putting off making a decision. They're procrastinating. Right. And so I want to share with you my top five. But uh, again, you can easily go through this process on your own. Here's my top five legacy. uh, I, I want to make an impact on people who go out and make an impact. Growth is a high value of mine. Committing to growth. Fitness is another high value of mine family is a high value of mine, and faith is one of the most important, that is the most important, but all of that is filtered through legacy. I want to leave a legacy of faith, legacy with my family, a legacy of how important fitness is, a legacy of the importance of growth. The last thought I want to leave with you guys is, you know, as I've grown, I learned this from John Maxwell. He talked about there are four different people in the world, and as I've started to pay more attention and be more self-aware, but also pay attention to what, uh, you know, people in the world. I've kind of found this to be true. And here's the four types of people you'll find in the world. You have adders, people who add, A-D-D-E-R-S, right? These are people who add value to other people. People who add value almost always do so intentionally. See, it's easy to bring folks down. It's easy to tear people down. Sometimes people don't even have to say anything or do anything to bring people down. It takes very little effort, but to lift someone up, to bring people up and to pull them up, it requires intentionality. To lift someone up requires someone to give up themselves, and that rarely occurs by accident. So we have adders. Number two is we have subtractors. These people make the burdens we already have, man, they feel even heavier, right? I don't know if you've got anybody like that in your life, but they come into your presence and, man, it just makes you feel even heavier. They subtract. And then, honestly, this most of the time is done unintentionally. unintentionally. And if you don't know how to add value to others, then most likely <laughs> you may be a subtractor. And number three is a multiplier. Here's the reality. Anybody who wants to, they can become an adder, but it takes more than intentionality to be a multiplier. A multiplier is intentional, but they're also strategic in skill. And we highly value multipliers because multipliers are the ones that don't just call out the problems. Anybody can call out problems. Talk about the challenges of the world, but multipliers... Offer solutions. They are solutionaries, right? They don't just point out the problems. They offer solutions. Number four is dividers. Dividers will take you as low as they can as often as they can. And most of the time, it is very intentional. And as you listen, I just want you to know the heartbeat that I have to this is I want us to be men and women who are known for taking other people to higher levels. We ourselves are going to higher heights, but we are taking people with us. Seneca said, wherever there's a human being, hey, there is also an opportunity. For kindness. And as I wrap this up today, here's my challenge for us today is a fourfold challenge. Number one is encourage daily. Be the one that brings people up. Be the one that when people come into your presence, there is something uplifted in their spirit. You are contagious. What are they catching from you? Hopefully, it's something that is uplifting and encouraging. Number two, know the difference between helping and hurting. Know the difference between a smile and a frown, a word of encouragement versus criticism. Know when to stretch someone with potential. I love what John Maxwell says. He says, you hold the power to make another person's life better or worse by the things you do today. Wow, that is so powerful. Number three, and this is good stuff, initiate the positive in a negative environment. Y'all, it's easy to be positive in a positive environment. But when the environment is negative, it may require a bit of creativity. You may have heard this analogy, but I'm going to share it a bit here. If if I had an egg in my hand, this egg has got this hard outer shell. And if I take this egg and I've got a pot of boiling hot water, I can place that egg in that hot water and it's going to become soft. The environment transforms this egg. But if I had a coffee bean and I take this coffee bean and I put it into the boiling hot water, then that, then the environment is going to change. The water actually becomes coffee. So this being, instead of being changed, it changes the environment. Be the one who initiates positive in a negative environment. Every atmosphere you go into, you have the ability to shift it from a negative to a positive. Understand that life is not a dress rehearsal. People that lift others up, don't just wait for another time or other excuses. They act now. Hey guys, I hope today has added value to you. I hope you got something that you can take and apply. hope it's inspired you and motivated you, but more importantly, I hope you got something that you can take and apply to impact your communities, to impact your families, to impact your workplaces. So hey, Look forward to being back on our next one. Make sure you like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with any of the latest episodes of Principles with Corey and Logan. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself,